Hi everybody, here we are. It is October 10th, 2017 today. I'm driving right now down Ashley River Road here in Charleston. Plantation Road, it's between an area called West Ashley and it goes into another town called Somerville and I'm on my way to teach a yoga class. Uh, just a couple hours ago, I sat down with Stacy Crew, and what was really great and entertaining about this podcast for me is learning a little bit more about nutrition. Now, on this podcast series, Talking Yoga, um, I've talked to many different types of people, and it's not just yoga. We've talked to personal trainers. Um, we've talked to people that are yoga business owners. Uh, We've talked to people that are chocolatiers. I was really excited to get Stacy on because her knowledge of health coaching and nutrition is really fascinating. So Stacy Crew is a certified health coach. Uh, it was great to know a little bit more about that type of work and what that is. And she offers a lot, um, offers a lot on her website as far as content, and you'll hear more about that as this podcast goes, because we get into many different rabbit holes and different discussions on topics and things. A little bit in the beginning of this podcast, you know, maybe you know my beagle, Luna, um, from Instagram, um, and on Facebook, she's in photos and videos, but uh, there's at least one time she did knock down our microphone and we picked back up, um, so maybe that'll be a segment. So in this episode, we talk a lot about diets, and we also get into yoga practice. I enjoyed it. It was really great to kind of pick up the pieces and the checklists that we call, that we use in diets, and see how they're relative and connected to our yoga practice, and how essentially all this comes back towards the mind and being a mindful person. So there's a lot of helpful tips uh, that I found in this episode. I also might have to go back and make checklists at this point and write things down because we do talk a lot about journaling and the importance of food logging. We got into a really great discussion about semantics in words and how a phrase and word that I learned in this podcast and have really loved is up leveling. And I'll have Stacy hand that off and explain what that means. But I found this really helpful and I'm excited for all of you listening right now to enjoy the rest of this podcast. Stacy Crew. Well, thank you for being here, first off, and your time. You're welcome. Uh, I met you uh, just a couple weeks ago uh, at a yoga studio down here in Charleston, and you were telling a little bit about your work and about you, um, and I thought it was really fascinating and interesting. That's why I'm excited um, in this podcast to talk to you about nutrition and the importance of it you said something that your brain is your second, your stomach is your second brain. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's true. The more that we get to know our bodies and 
our uh, reaction to the things that we eat and our experience from that. Mm -hmm. um, so my first question is, can you tell a little bit about health coaching? Sure. Um, yeah, and it's it's actually um, the gut is your second brain, and we can we can talk more about that too. It's um, yeah. So health coaching, um, it, it's a way to support people to achieve their goals. It, uh, health coaching involves providing individuals and groups with accountability. So we can all have a goal to achieve something, but when we're not sort of checking in with other people, it's very easy to say, ah, I don't feel like doing that today, or um, I'll wait until tomorrow. And, and then before you know it, weeks have passed. But if you actually are checking in with someone, you're more likely to achieve your, your goals that you're setting out to accomplish. So health coaching, I mean, it's more involved than that, of course. Um, as a health coach, I provide uh, education. So um, when I was studying, I learned over 100 different dietary theories. So um, I'm able to work with people based on their health history to figure out between that and conversations, figure out the best type of diet for them, you know, based on their likes, their dislikes, um, all of that. So we determine, you know, what types of foods are going to be the best foods to eat, and then we set some goals. So usually I work with people for a three-month period or a six-month period, so we can say, okay, in three months I want to be here, and then we sort of, you know, back into those goals and have uh, weekly or bi-weekly check-ins to, to see where someone's at. Yeah, I'm always really so interested in um, people that are into health coaching, because I think it's a field that's so, it's hard. It takes a lot of work, but it's patience to work with people, mm -hmm. you know, continually and, and over. And uh, it's a really powerful experience when you do that. It is. Um, there's nothing more gratifying, I think, than seeing someone make a shift in um, how they're, currently doing something to something that they've just said, you know, I want to be doing this instead, or I want to feel this way. And then watching that transformation is just so rewarding. Um, and unlike the medical field, which, you know, serves its purpose, um, right. doctors are typically trained to treat the symptoms. So you go see a doctor usually, unless it's a well visit, but usually you go see a doctor. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. All right, no falls. Just going right back into it, right? <laughs> so unlike the medical field that typically will focus on treating the symptoms, as a health coach, we're focused more on treating um, where somebody wants to be. You know, so they say, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this way now. I feel like I have these issues. I want to change how I eat. I want to change um, the level of movement I have in my life. You know, I mean, it might be somebody who is not doing any form of exercise, or maybe they're, you know, doing yoga in their home, for example, but, you know, it might be more beneficial if they go to a studio and have a teacher and a community. Um, so, you know, we're looking more forward, I think, um, which I think, it, it to me, I, prevention is very important. Right. So if there's a way to incorporate 
things into our lives, you know, routines, behaviors, and all those kinds of things, so we can prevent disease, prevent um, inflammation in the body, and all of those things that would cause us to then go to a doctor who would treat those symptoms and usually um, prescribe some medication. We can hopefully avoid that with being a little bit more proactive. Yeah. What were uh, the kinds of things that you were doing before you were into health coaching? Well, um, gosh, to go way, way back, <laughs> I, um, I started working in uh, marketing, and I worked in technology for a number of years, and I did that up until I started a family, and... You know, I was the type of person, to be honest, like in my 20s, you know, I've been really fortunate that I've never really suffered weight issues. So it was never like, you know, I, I didn't address like um, health from that perspective, which a lot of people tend to do that. They, they use their weight as a monitor for where they are health-wise. So, you know, I was in my 20s. I was, you know, probably like a lot of 20-year-olds not really necessarily concerned with um, how I felt and my health because I just took it for granted that I had good health, you know, and I was tended to be on the thin side. But, you know, I was, I was a coffee, big coffee drinker. Um, I, I joke that I never ate vegetables in my 20s unless I went to my mom's house, you know. <laughs> and um, I just didn't have those concerns because nothing was showing up for me because um, I, I wasn't particularly in touch with what was happening in my body, to be honest, you know, and I was um, not suffering any weight issues. So it just was a non-issue. It wasn't until um, I probably started a family and around that time that I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> I gained 60 pounds with my first baby, you know, maybe you know, I need to do something to like, you know, try and get back to, you know, where I was before I, I um, had the baby. And, um, but really what started happening for me in the way that um, health and wellness became a focus for me was that I was suffering a lot of anxiety. And I had always probably suffered a lot of anxiety, but never really identified it as such. But I think more and more as, you know, there was information out there and, you know, your awareness level just changes as you pay attention to different things. All of a sudden, I started to kind of connect the dots. Um, and then what happened was my, within six months, my daughters both decided to become vegetarian. And I was like, oh my gosh, when am I going to feed them? So there were all these sort of moving parts going on and talk about anxiety because I was like, all right, what am I going to cook them and feed them now that they're not eating meat? Because, you know, we're all programmed to believe that protein comes from meat, which isn't true. And so I had all of these sort of moving parts happening and I wanted to address, you know, my anxiety. Um, I had been taking a low level of some, some medication, didn't want to do that anymore. You know, I just felt like I really wanted to clean up my body. And I had been working for a really long time on kind of cleaning up my thoughts um, and trying to, to think more positively. And of course it goes right. deeper than that. It's not just like, okay, well, you know, I want to think happy thoughts. It's more like all of that noise and that monkey brain that happens. 
So um, just started to try and find ways to improve what we were eating in our home. At the same time, I um, ditched the medication. And, you know, I don't recommend this to anyone, but for me, I guess maybe it needed to be like this, you know, little bit of um, dramatic, you know, like I'm doing this. So I, I took the medication that I had and I flushed it down the toilet. And I don't recommend that to anyone. I mean, definitely talk to your doctor. That's, you know, probably not um, the way it should be for everybody. But for me, it worked on some level. And I did that and I started going to the gym. I got on a treadmill. I was miserable. I, I started running and I was coughing and then I'd walk and then, you know, but I was committed. I was going to stay on the treadmill for 30 minutes. And I did that and I felt lousy afterwards, you know, because I, I had convinced myself that I couldn't run and this is the worst thing ever. But I knew in the back of my mind that I needed to get my body moving. So I did that and I committed to going back and I kept going back. And before I knew it, fast forward 13 months, I actually ran a half marathon. So that was, that was huge because, for a number of reasons, it was huge because I had convinced myself that I couldn't run because, you know, I would get uncomfortable and I didn't know how to work through it. Um, and, you know, I had, had achieved something that, you know, most people don't, you know, most people don't. I mean, there are a lot of people, of course, who do set out to, you know, to accomplish a, a half marathon, but... Um, and I hadn't even really done that. It wasn't even really intentional, which is kind of interesting. But that shifted a lot of things. And once that happened, I was like, wow, I, I guess I'm a lot stronger than I give myself credit for. And um, it was a very interesting time. Yeah. And, it sounds like all of that in the 13 months, mm -hmm. but all that together happened really fast and rapidly all together is that true it is yeah it did it was like I started in January February of I think it was 2011 and then no 2012 it was the beginning of the year because it was kind of a new year's resolution you know mm -hmm. this year's going to be a really good year and um cool and that was the beginning of 2012 beginning of 2012 yeah I started yoga in 2012 wow. cool yeah <laughs> maybe there's something going on in the the alignment of the, I don't know. Yeah, I've talked to a couple of people about that too because it's interesting that year is very specific before because it was a Mayan calendar and everybody at the end of the year was like saying 2012 was going to be the end of the world. And here we are, me and you, Stacy's sitting in 2017 now. We're in, uh, I think we're, we're just October. Yeah, right? October yeah. 2017. Wow. Yeah, so like all that moved pretty fast and rapidly, which is cool because I think the same for myself, like when I first started getting involved in yoga, um, that moved really quickly and starting from the class, right? The community, like you talked mm -hmm. about when you're going into the group classes and you're with other people and when you're go talking and you're with your health coach, right? Things, I think, move really fast and rapidly when you do that. Yes. Because there's like a camaraderie, there's a community. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, tech, the technology you said came first, right? You were into marketing and technology. Mm -hmm. Did you, besides your daughter getting, starting a new diet and that was a, a big catalyst too, mm -hmm. did you use um, like technology to get more information and more a, experience from it? It's a great question. So yeah, I can't, I, I, 
I don't know if there's anything specific. Like I, I did use some apps and things like that to track my, my performance, to track, um, yeah, my runs and everything. Running's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't run anymore. I, I did make the transition into yoga. Oh, you stopped? Yeah, I stopped running. Um, before the yoga. Before the yoga. Interesting. Um, the, the, yo- the running, and it coincided with also improving my nutrition. So at the same time I was running, I was like, you know, I'd come home from a morning run and I'd be famished, you know, of course, right? You know, and didn't want to eat junk, you know, wanted to eat something that would make my body feel even better. So I started with like really simple green smoothies. And um, I mean, so simple that I had a blender. I would literally just grab a handful of spinach, a banana, some almond milk, sometimes water, it just kind of depended. Right. And then I'd mix that up and that's what I would I would oh, drink. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. That was something I offered you before when you got yeah. here. Uh, I had my kale shake and I'll try and just put different things in there. But that one I put a, a pear, but nice. it's got a lot of um, greens like spinach, um, some kale, cucumber, mm-hmm. uh, celery, and then uh, a lot of ginger. Just throw a piece of ginger, big ginger in there too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and those are things that you can add like, um, yeah, ginger, that's um, turmeric, um, which is an anti-inflammatory. Sometimes I'll add like chia seeds or flax seeds. Or added boost. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And just it grind it in there? It does. It can be a little, you know, for someone who's really sensitive to texture, it can be a little funky. You know, it, it's, uh, it depends. You know, I tend to drink them pretty quickly. I'm more of a, um, food for me is kind of, you know, fuel sometimes. But I love to go out for like a nice meal though and really enjoy and have that whole ritual as well. Right. But if I'm by myself, it tends to be more fuel-based. Um, just fuel-based, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And rituals, you said before, and uh, you talked a little bit about coffee before you got here, and, like, your morning drink is a ritual. Uh, I did. I like doing turmeric, too, with, like, mm-hmm. hot water and lemon, mm-hmm. and when I'm not having a coffee or tea that morning. Uh, I like to maybe just neutral it out with that lemon water and all that stuff. What is some of your um, rituals in the morning that you like getting into? So that that's a great question. And um, I should say that before I even do the coffee, and I don't always do this because I'm human and sometimes I wake up and I just want the coffee. Um, but yeah, I try to do first uh, warm lemon water. So, and I literally just take the water out of the tap, you know, to make it warm. I'll squeeze half a lemon and put some apple cider vinegar. And that's a really good way to um, just jumpstart your system. Um, and it's good for digestion, really good for digestion. And then I'll try and eat something first before I do the coffee. So oftentimes it's oatmeal and with a little pure maple syrup on it. And again, you know, just maybe put some cinnamon on it or add some chia seeds, you know, whatever's kind of on hand. And I, I tend to be kind of intuitive with what I eat. I think that, um, you know, it, it's really important to get in touch with what's happening in your body and like how your body 
um, reacts, response, reacts. Yeah, and responds to certain foods. And so um, food journaling is a great way to do that, which I do if I find myself, I often do it, you know, and I think like a lot of people, um, you know, I'll often pay more attention when I'm not feeling as well to something. So it's whether it's my body or whether, you know, emotionally I'm in a little pain then I tend to do a little more work surrounding what's happening. You know, if I'm feeling okay or if, you know, everything seems to be pretty status quo, I mean, I can definitely sort of back off on some of that routine. But um, as part of a morning ritual, when I'm doing all of the pieces, I'm usually writing down what I'm eating and how it makes me feel. Um, It's a great way to be able to kind of track what's happening and whether or not something's agreeing with me or maybe I need to back off on, you know, having pure maple syrup and incorporate more um, spices or something as an added, as something added to the oatmeal, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your knowledge on nutrition is uh, so much more, you know, than where I'm at now because I'm just sort of getting into um, following um whether it's different diets or different um, nutrients for me. Yoga is like the big gateway drug to all of this, I always say. Mm-hmm. It's like when you start doing yoga, you're feeling good, so it's finding other areas where you can bring more sukha, more space into your life um, and feel good. So that's when you really start to notice and feel um, how your diet really makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say diet too, so it's like what you're eating and it's mm-hmm. right. It's a little confusing and I wanted to ask you this kind of a basic question, but what is a diet? Well, I think the word diet is a little, it's a little tricky because, um, you know, I think historically people think of diet as a regimented meal plan. Right. Example. Throughout certain periods of time in, in historical history, we were eating specific types of food just because that was the only things that were around right yeah that and then you know of course we've gone through this huge you know phase over probably the last like 40 50 years of you know different types of diets that were introduced as a way to lose weight so i think diet and weight loss you know when when someone hears diet i think they instantly think weight loss um i I, and that's that's a mistake correct yeah yeah you don't want to think that I think that diet, I, hopefully the word's transforming, like people are thinking of it more, like you're saying, in, in what we eat every day. Um, I don't typically, like I don't believe in the um, diet in the truest sense of the word that it's used currently. I think that diet is what we eat on a daily basis and that everyone's diet should reflect what their body, you know, what makes their body feel good. Feel, the feeling. Yes. Absolutely. So that answers the question a lot and it clears what I thought a diet was. And now I, I believed, and I still do believe that it's part of the reason that they don't work mm-hmm. um, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Diets is because what it is is something that generally we don't stick with. Right? It's, like a, it's like a rule. And as humans, like part of our DNA, I think, is breaking out of rules mm-hmm. a little bit. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is I think diets don't work because they just don't work for us. Well, my big question is what do you do when the diet's over? 
Like if you've been restricted, it's kind of like, you know, being at a, a monastery in a silent retreat for a month. I mean, after that, anybody's going to want to go out and talk for a while. You know what I mean? Right. Like and have some, you know, real interaction and conversation, maybe go listen to some music and maybe not. You know, but just as an example, I mean, if you're confined to doing something, typically you do want to break out of it. You know, nobody really likes to be told what to do. So that the the way to sort of shift it, I think, in our heads is to say, okay, I don't like being told what to do. But then there's the whole piece that, well, if I make choices, then I'm responsible. And a lot of people don't want to be responsible for making choices or making changes because change can be hard right and you, it requires commitment and it requires you know sometimes being in a little pain whether it's you know physical or emotional because physical maybe you're detoxing or withdrawing from sugar if you know you've been accustomed to eating a lot and now you're you know switching to some other form of eating but um, and that is the first practice um, the limb in yoga yeah, it's like, uh, I think, practicing your own, not just your social code, but your um, inner awareness. So it's your, what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's empowering when you do that. When you decide, okay, I'm going to make a shift, and I'm going to make a, uh, a change of what I'm doing, and the choices I'm making on a daily basis... You know, it's kind of like when me running and, and then, you know, achieving this half marathon, it was like, oh my gosh, wow. I finally started to understand, you know, what it meant when some of, you know, these these um, really well-trained athletes would go out and do these amazing things. Or, you know, someone in yoga, like I would see people in class do handstands and, you know, even a headstand, which I couldn't do when I first started doing yoga and now I can and it's like but I worked at it you know these people worked at it and things it just doesn't I mean you might have you know a freak thing where somebody can you know without any work do a handstand but I guess what I'm saying is anything that is really above and beyond you know requires some work and there's something very empowering about that um yeah. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's certainly a challenge to keep with the diet, and that's why I think that they don't work. <laughs> but although I, I do like uh, periods of, you know, eliminating certain types of foods, um, so I guess that is a diet, right? Um, or a choice. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you recommend doing these things uh, short-term? Or versing it, doing it uh, longer term and making a lifestyle choice? I, I think it's really more about lifestyle choice. I think it's trying to incorporate on a daily basis more of what's good for us. And, you know, of course, being human, you know, allowing yourself the opportunity to, you know, make another choice that you might not normally make. Like, you know, for example, you know, um, I really like queso, but I know what's going to happen when I eat queso. You know, there's a whole, <laughs> you know, the digestion issue, the sinuses get inflamed and things like that. But, you know, food is a ritual. So if I'm going out for Mexican food with friends and, 
you know, chances are I'm going to have a little queso because, you know, I'm enjoying the, the, the festivity or the, you know, the atmosphere and the ritual of eating. But then, you know, um, it doesn't make me a bad person or it doesn't, you know, make me, um, you know, it's not like I have to start from ground zero. It's just like, you know, I made that choice. And with that choice comes some consequences. But sometimes the joy in the moment outweigh the consequences afterwards. So does that make sense? Right. It's, a, it's okay. And it yeah. makes you feel okay. <laughs> I think it makes you feel happier a little bit too to just have a little bit of freedom um practicing off your mat to practice you know taste of different things you know our taste buds are so sensitive so when there's something special like queso for me it's pizza Mm -hmm. yeah it it's something that goes deep down uh within us that makes us just that little bit more happier yeah and we all have those um childhood sort of memories too I think those food memories from childhood comfort food you know I mean that it's like a um it comes like a novelty yeah something that we reminisce or go back on like from childhood yeah but it doesn't mean that you know it's I, I like to say like that it's it's better to choose higher quality and do it less frequently so same thing, like you can have, you know, have the thing that you know isn't going to ultimately make you feel great physically, perhaps, um, or even emotionally, because, you know, if, if you, if, you know, I can't really speak for anybody else, but like, you know, I know for me, if I were to binge on chocolate cake, especially if it's really got a lot of refined sugar in it and all of that, I'm not going to feel good like physically and emotionally I'm probably going to be all jacked up on sugar and you know it's just not going to feel great so um so maybe I'll do that every once in a while and instead of having like you know something that's really super processed maybe I'll go to like earth fair for example and have their flourless chocolate cake which is amazing oh yeah yeah and just enjoy a piece of that you know once a month as opposed to having a donut every day you know so it's it's finding the balance and the sweet spot and and understanding that, you know, going outside the normal routine is, is okay. Yeah, balance. Yeah. So I like that. It's higher quality foods, mm-hmm. having that more frequent than the lower quality foods. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard that before and I like it. And my yoga teacher um, first said, he, uh, practice, you know, knowledge practice knowledge and experience and I remember that and I think about that a lot with yoga and also foods as a practice all this is day-to-day practice I think what we're doing and then you get a little bit of experience when you're putting that your our foods you know we become what we eat Mm -hmm. and then there's uh, experience after so I think that's a lot of what you're saying like writing down your foods and you said how to you write down how this makes me feel, how this mm-hmm. makes you feel, rather. Um, what's a what's an example? Like, what's a page of that? Oh, if you don't um, mind sharing. Sure. Let me think. Um, I've been doing a lot better lately. That I, you know. Because um, journaling is something that we talked about a little bit last time I saw you when mm-hmm. you you talked a little bit about yourself, um, and that's when I was just starting getting into journaling and gratitude journaling. So I find. 
that part of it really interesting. Yeah, journaling is such a great thing. I mean, it's it's such a great practice, you know. Um, it, it gives you the ability to um, be present in the moment, but then also do some reflection, you know, to be able to go back and, and see progress, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, just kind of reflect. Um, you know, sometimes we, I feel like we, we don't feel like we're making progress, but in actuality we are. Um, and the intention, too, of just creating that space to be able to, to write something down. Um, yeah, so what's yesterday's? Oh, <laughs> for yesterday. Um, yesterday, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday I, um, I didn't actually record it. But I did eat some chips because this, this is my, um, my weakness. Can't have Potato chips, chips um, or what like kind? They're the $2 bag of the, the, the chips that you would dip in salsa. Um, okay. I don't know, San, Santo something or other. Oh, but, yeah. Okay. Like, sort of like a tia, tortilla chip. Yeah. yeah. And um, those are my absolute weakness. And I love them because they're... The chip, but they're also salty too. I think this goes back to your queso. Yeah, thing. yeah, <laughs> totally. So um, I know, like I I got home from yoga, and I didn't honestly feel like cooking, um, just you know, and I wanted to listen to some music and whatever. So I was, and nobody was home. I was home by myself, which you know, and I had the chips in the house. So. I usually don't keep a lot of stuff like that in the house. Like I try and keep my weakness, you know, the food out of the house that might be a temptation. But I have teenagers and they drive and they have a car like so they can go buy stuff. So I'll, I'll randomly find things in my pantry, which is <laughs> annoying and and hysterical all at the same time. That sounds convenient. A little bit. It's like a nice connection to the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I pulled out some chips and I had some of those. And as I'm eating them, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going to feel this later, you know, because I know how they, how my body reacts to them. And I wind up feeling bloated and, you know, I usually wind up having to take a Tums or something to just kind of settle my stomach and and then, of course, once I've eaten that, then I start in on the water because then I know, like, okay, in order to really get this through my system, you know, quickly and hopefully with as little uncomfortability as possible, I just start downing the water. So, yeah. So, wow, yeah, yeah. that's the human piece of, of my struggle. Um, but it's a great reminder to be able to know that next time, if, you know, I feel like inevitably, you know, there will be chips in my pantry again and, you know, I'll get home and won't want to cook a meal. Um, I can make the choice, you know. Yeah. Okay. Do I want to go through this or do I want to just go upstairs and, you know, or cook something healthy at 730 at night? And that leads into a whole nother area, which as a health coach, I talk with people about that, about food prep and, you know, having the healthy options on hand. So that's what you reach for first. Yeah. <laughs> and the chips thing, too. It's, mm. it's the taste going back to that, that sensations around the areas of, like, your tongues, your tongue and, you know, the, the things that we get, like the pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's like it's all food pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mine is, I said pizza. Yeah. And uh, actually this weekend, so, like, I was back in New York 
um, just for a couple of days. And um, my New York pizza, like food, like mm-hmm. a classic style going into a pizzeria, the way that they serve it in New York style is my favorite. Um, although pizza comes in many different um, styles and there's different ways to cook it. And I think last time I met you, you said that you also love yeah. pizza too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right yeah. on. I'm That's from well New close. Jersey, so... Yeah. We'll have to get some pizza in <laughs> Charleston pizza. <laughs> down here because there's some good spots. Yeah, there's a food. One of my buddies um, had Damiano's Pizzeria. Oh, you ever I heard know that? that one. It's brick oven, and mm-hmm. he um, goes in a food truck, and he he comes here, and uh, sometimes uh, nice. he's around like downtown and on Charleston. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, so the brick oven style is one, mm-hmm. and then this weekend I had uh, Connecticut. Um, pizza actually which is really good outside New Haven okay um, a lot of Italian immigrants like they came when they came to New York also went to all over in Connecticut too mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different styles of pizza out there uh, so after right I mm-hmm. when you mentioned the water thing mm-hmm. how you were drinking a lot of water I had so much pizza this weekend <laughs> and I, it was a while so after I was so dehydrated and I think it was from the carbs. Is um usually now I'm not on a higher carb um, lifestyle uh-huh. <laughs> choice. Um, so it was like a like a I couldn't have enough water. I kept down yeah. in water, and I ended up feeling getting a okay experience, a good experience, because I had you know a pizza. I had what I wanted, uh-huh. and then I was able to kind of um, like cleanse that sen- that yeah. sensation. That's the balance, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the, yeah, it's like, it's the choice we make in the moment. And, and then, you know, just understanding what we need to do to get back into balance yeah. afterwards. So balance, everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. So speaking of balance, um, we talked a lot about nutrition and I'm talking yoga, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know you do practice yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, when did you um, start your yoga practice? So and started. How did it find you? <laughs> well, I've thought about yoga for so many years, but um, in all honesty, I had um, I'm kind of an introvert, and being in large crowds can like make me feel a little bit anxious sometimes. And I always had this sort of this vision of a yoga studio, you know, mat to mat, like being so close to people. And it kind of freaked me out, actually, you know, the idea of entering a studio. So you had the idea and was it also um, technology photos of it, too, of what a yoga class was? Yeah, probably that, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Like we find I find yoga through technology. Oh, you did? um, Through like videos. And that's how I started. So what was your first uh, class? So I decided um, on my birthday a couple years ago that I was taking the day off from work and because I was working for a technology company at the time actually and um, so I said I'm going to take the day off from work I'm going to go to a yoga class I'm going to go have a nice lunch healthy lunch and just kind of you know relax and and really enjoy the day and um, so I went to um, what was Formerly, well, now it's Seoul Charleston, but I went to um, the same studio, but it was under a different name at the time. Yeah, and we're right here in uh, West Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. And so I showed up, 
And interestingly enough, though, before that, I didn't understand how this whole yoga thing worked, honestly. I, was, I would show up at the studio when I was sure there was a class going on, and the door would be locked. And it confused me, like, wait a minute, I thought there's supposed to be a class going on, but the door's locked. And I did this repeatedly, actually. So I, I tried before my birthday. I tried to go to a yoga class, but the door oh, was Oh, you always, just showed up. Yeah, but the oh. door was always locked. But I, it was at a time when there was a class going on, and I okay. didn't understand that at this particular studio, because there was no sign, that they locked the door during class. So no one would come in or out, which makes perfect sense. I just didn't know. So, <laughs> so I would go, and I guess I would get there at the time the class was starting. So they had and already it was just locked a little bit late. Yeah. Right. So it's a good I... lesson for people to show up <laughs> <laughs> at least fifteen minutes before class. Yeah, I, I the logistic thing just really threw me. I, I don't know. I, um, so anyway, when I finally figured out, and I got there early enough <laughs> so that I could get into the class. Um, yeah, it was my birthday, and. Um, I, I took this class and um, happy yoga birthday. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of like the running thing. Like I, I had so many like ideas and sort of emotions surrounding it that it it was really kind of like the fact that I actually got there and like got on the mat was pretty amazing. You know, um, I was so afraid that you know I wouldn't do things right. I really didn't know all the poses. I knew the basic ones because I had done some yoga at home with some DVDs, but. Um, yeah, I was really self-conscious, you know, um, I was afraid the instructor might, you know, just think I was just this awful student, you know, I mean, all of those kind of things, and I, I don't know if that's really a female thing, um, you know, all that stuff that goes on right. in our heads, but, um, but I made it, and I got there, and to my surprise, I felt pretty comfortable. I didn't feel like there was any judgment, you know, it was all me, it was all self-judgment, I think, so... Yeah, no, I think that's human, too. <laughs> Some of that, that's all of us. Yeah. Um, but that's that's right. That's great. Yeah, and I just, again, like, committed. You know, I, I said, all right, I'm going to do this three times a week. Because, and I hear this a lot as a, as a coach. I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this every day. And I'm like, really? Like, you haven't done it at all. <laughs> right. You're going to go from zero to 60. Let's just start small here. So I said, all right, I'm going to go three times a week. That seemed manageable. I had seven days. It wasn't like I was going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I had from Sunday to Saturday. I just had to fit in three times. Even if that meant going twice in one day, I still got it done. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so is it you were setting realistic goals? Is that it? Exactly. Right. So I think, you know, so it's, so also it sounds like with the with the diets and your nutrition the yoga went very fast as well. So you said you know setting a realistic goals. I think three times a week when you're starting yoga is going kind of deep into your practice into the practice. Really, interesting. Yeah, I think whenever we're starting something new, whether it's going to be you know a specific type of group exercise or um, even just learning a to language mm -hmm. um, when you're doing it often you're going to get more benefit especially when you're first starting out mm -hmm. so you were learning all the poses um, how long before um, you were doing it before you went to a class um well you mean like doing it at home and then i mean right. years 
it was years. <laughs> I mean, I remember when, you know, um, and my, my girls are, my daughters are 17 and almost 20 now, and I was doing, like, some stuff at home, like, after they were both born when they were, like, I don't know, three and six, so, yeah, it was a lot of years that I struggled with that idea of becoming part of something in a community, um, yeah, which, which saddens me a little bit because... I feel like if I had this, you know, 20 years ago, like I, I just feel like things would have unfolded a little bit differently, which is okay because, you know, we all have our, our life path and, you know, what we learn and when we learn it. And we learn it when we're ready and at least my belief is when we're supposed to, it, you know, things happen when they're supposed to. But there's a little part of me that's like, oh, you know, wish I'd found this when I was in my 20s. Like, how it would have changed things for me. I've, I think I've, um, I know I've learned so much through a practice. Um, being able to take what I learn, and I really do apply what I learn in yoga every day outside of the studio. Um, you know, if, if I'm working on a project, because um, I, I do some, still do some marketing as well. And um, so if I'm working on a project and... Oh, cool. Yeah, and there's, you know, with, with uh, a challenge with a client who's resistant to something, you know, and there's frustration, you know. I have to look at that and, and I can take some principles that I've learned in yoga and apply them to every situation, really, you know, to breathe through something to just sort of maybe, you know, back off a little bit. and um, Something as simple as being present. Yeah, what's another example? Um, let's see. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that I'm a lot stronger than I give myself credit for. Yeah. Yeah, both physically, emotionally, um, yeah. I mean, I, I just when I think I can't handle some, any more of something, you know, I really can. It's just my perspective and, and how I'm feeling in the moment. And I've been using the term um, up-leveling a lot lately. Up-leveling. Um, yeah. Okay. And my interpretation of it is, you know, like in um, personally, you know, just wanting to be stronger or wanting to, um, you know, improve relationships or improve anything that I'm doing. You know, it requires a different set of, um, just a different set of tools, really. You know, you may need to incorporate, you know, like if I want to have better relationships with my children, you know, maybe I need to improve my listening skills. So that's going to require, you know, some, some conscious intention. So I can do that because I feel like I've learned on the mat that by really focusing and practicing, all of a sudden, you know, I can do a headstand that I couldn't do six months ago with a little more intention, a little more practice. So, yeah, yoga's helped me to really up-level a lot of areas of my life. Yeah, 
I love that. Up-leveling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always trying to up-level being kinder. And I really do think it's a good way of putting it, up-leveling, you know, something that is a goal like being a kinder, nicer person, that it can change the world. Yeah. You know, a little, a little bit each day by day in your practice. Yeah, and that takes... I, I, same thing, I've been kind of practicing that as well. Just how can I be... How can I shine more light in the world? You know, how can I, I just, you know, yeah, be kinder, you know? And, and it's simple things, too, like just being aware that, you know, of, of other people's struggles, even though you might not understand or even know, have any idea what they might be going through. But, you know, that... I mean, we're all facing something and I feel like you know if, if I were to you know be given a choice keep my own problems or take someone else's you know most likely would keep my own because I'm most familiar with them and I have a lot to be grateful for really but yeah just going out in the world and and just yeah being being kinder being um you know friendlier right hey how are you today you know instead of I'm here for this, let me have whatever it is I'm here for, you know. But the um, up level of it too. So how can I be friendlier than what I was yesterday? How can I be more grateful than what I was yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. So journaling, doing all this, writing it down. It's like, um, that's why I love this um, talk and what you do is a lot of it is like writing lists. Like right, I have this part down my diet or my nutrition, what I'm eating, right? Yoga practice, exercising, check, and like journaling. Um, do you think that's what it is? Just kind of like a little bit of a checklist? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you should say that because I'm huge on lists. Like any, are you? Yeah, anytime like I'm starting to feel like things are a little, you know, out of control, which I mean that, that might mean that, you know, I forgot to make a phone call or something like that. Or, or an email. Yeah. Or, yeah. Just bring it back to the list. You know, just start making lists. Yeah. And by containerizing, you know, what you need to do and those kinds of things, it really helps. And big believer, I'm a big believer in that intention. So if you put something down on paper, um, it's more likely to, to happen. Like a um, long time ago, I had this... Um, ritual with uh, some of my close girlfriends. This was when we were in our 20s. We Every year we would have a little Christmas gathering and we would do a uh, grab bag. So there were four of us and so we'd buy just one gift for another person. So we all got gifts and nicer gifts too because, you know, we set a budget and so it wasn't like a little $5 gift. It was more like, you know, a $120 gift or whatever. But, um, but one thing that we would do when we would get together for our little holiday party um, is we would create, we'd sit down together and we would create a list of what we wanted for the coming year. And then we would make our list and we'd actually put it in a box and we'd wrap it up. And then one of us would take that home, that all four boxes home for the next year's gathering. And then at the next year's gathering, we would open up and look and see what was on our list. Oh, how nice is that? Yeah, it's like a little surprise, but it was interesting to see quite often that what was on our lists actually transpired. You know, not all of it, but it was just putting the intention out there. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, writing so it good. down. 
And I like the container just organizing maybe our chaos of our minds or like our thoughts. You're kind of putting it down. So what I've been doing is like also dating. I know you you had mentioned dating the you know something uh, right at the top of your journaling sheet, writing down the date. Mm-hmm. So uh, with setting the intention, also writing down the date that you completed the agenda for the task. So it's sort of like a little mini uh, celebration for your goal of just like kind of checking it off and saying that you did do this. Yeah. Do you do that at all? I do, yeah. And I just went through this past weekend, actually went through a big like cleanup of just some lists that I had that I needed to go back and check off everything that had been accomplished and then, you know, redo the lists. And, um, and I just changed the system that I used, which um, I'm, I'm really excited about because uh, I think it's going to work out really well and keep me more accountable to myself, which is important because that always feels really nice when you, you do get to check those things off. So Yeah. So the reason I brought up the list, too, is because it's a lot of information and it's nice to kind of break it down. But also on your website, right, you have all this information that it is for nutrition and for um, health coaching. Um, Can you go a little bit into that and kind of explain uh, your your work and the content that's on your website that people can find? Yeah, sure. Do you want me to talk about the, the process of how I work with? Yeah, sure. Or, okay, well, um, let's see. Well, let me start with what's what's out there for people because it's always nice to, to be able to, to get something um, of value um, that you can use. So there's, there is one thing on my site that um, I always offer to people, and that's a three-day jump start, which is a, um, it's probably like a 20 or 30-page document and what it is, is it provides you with everything that you would need to do like a three-day clean eating program, mini program. And so it's got a preparation guide. So it runs through everything that you need to do like a week before, or a day before, two days before. It's got a meal plan. And there's lots of things to choose from. Um, it's got a shopping list and it's got a res- simple recipes as well. So that's out there. It's um, in the resources section of my website. And the feedback that I've gotten, and I've done it plenty of times, and I try to incorporate most of that on a regular basis, but the feedback that I've gotten is that uh, people feel like they have more energy. So it gives you a detox from like sugary foods, because there's a lot of sugar in processed foods. You know, there's a lot of hidden stuff that, you know, we don't even realize we're eating oftentimes. And the best way to avoid that and the easiest way is to just eat more fruits and vegetables. You know, eat more foods that don't have a label, you know, that don't come in a box. But, um, but that's a great way to, you know, get started. Um, if someone's looking to, to clean up their diet and get some more energy. Um, there's some various recipes out there, um, too. There's a, a, couple, there are a couple of smoothie recipes and anti-inflammatory smoothies. So if you feel like your body's, you know, inflamed and... Um, you know, you want to just kind of detox a little bit. Um, I think there's some turmeric in it, actually, in the mango smoothie. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's, um, there's some other things out there, too. There's some resources, you know, I, uh, some information on different documentaries that I recommend, some different books. 
um, some recipe books. I'm a big fan of um, this woman. Uh, she's Australian. She lives in New York City. Her name is Liana Werner Gray. She does the Earth Diet, and she makes these amazing raw chocolate balls. So if you love chocolate like I do and want to get that chocolate fix but in a very healthy way, there's a recipe for raw chocolate balls. It's, that uh, does sound amazing. Yeah, it's simple, too. It's like three ingredients. It's almond meal, um, cacao powder, huh. and some pure maple syrup. I was actually going to guess maple mm, syrup. Yeah, and you just, oh, it's so easy, and you mix it together. You know, you, you make the little balls and right. keep them in the fridge, and, you know, it's just a nice little nice little treat treat yeah 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 <laughs> and with like that too it's a well it is a lower quality but it's having that in moderation mm-hmm. rather you want to have more of the higher quality so a treat is like cool i can treat myself yeah to this like the, the thing is i think like you know is is understanding too and being mindful is really important so just being aware you know it's very easy to sit down with a plate of food and get on your phone and before you know it you know your plate is empty and you don't even really remember eating it so you know being mindful um we're big on in in our family having like sit down dinners you know phones away from the table you know we're having conversation those kinds of things they don't happen as frequently because we're all so busy these days but you know we really try and be intentional and Right. So, um, yeah, but being mindful is important and understanding, too, that the first bite of of food is going to taste the best. Mm. So everything after that, you know, like, you you know, monitoring how you feel and chewing slowly and, you know, slowly taking the food in so that you, you know when to stop. And I know, you know, it's it's so easy because. You know, I just know from experience, too, that, you know, sometimes a big basket of fries is just like, oh, my gosh, you know, and before you know it, you've eaten the whole basket, and you really haven't, you know, you enjoyed the first couple of bites, but then everything else was just like, you know, I just want to eat the fries. (laughs) (laughs) I would add mindfulness to the top of that checklist. Yeah. Yeah, because you can, I love being mindful of uh, what I'm eating, especially when it's something I enjoy, and it is a treat. So that first bite, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Well, I, one of my favorite things to do is, um, like, have um, appetizers. Or, you know, if you go to, like, an event or something and they have, like, a nice little taste of everything, that's, like, ideal, I think, because then you get to taste something for the first time and just a little bit, you know, so you can have, like, a little... Uh, and we do this at home. I sometimes um, we'll cook a bunch of food and we'll just because um, it it always seems like my my girls they like the opposites. So I can never make exactly what they like because they're always like, no, I don't like that. The other one likes that. And anyway, so <laughs> you know, creating like little appetizers and then you know tasting them and then you get all the different kinds of tastes and you know it makes keeps it interesting. Yeah, keeps it really interesting. So it's great on your website that you have all this, and I checked it out and uh, love all the content um, yeah. that you uh, have on there too, because it's the things that I think you love, right? It's the things that um, you're sharing with the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, and you know, it's funny because for a long time I was trying to figure out how to put that all together, 
um, you know, because I've been following certain people and reading certain books and adopting different philosophies for a long time. And so, uh, you know, to kind of circle back when you asked about, you know, getting into the wellness field and all of that, um, it's allowed me, you know, getting a certification and then um, it's really allowed me to integrate everything, you know, all of my loves and passions into one place. And when I do the marketing, my, my favorite kinds of clients are, are helping holistic practitioners because um, then I get to, you know, really get into, get in deep on what they're doing in terms of uh, their business. And, you know, if it's wellness, I'm, I'm all in, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, teach me more, tell me more. And, and it's, yeah, it's also exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is all on your website. So StacyCrew.com. Stacy Crew Wellness. Wellness, right? Com. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. And then also on Facebook, um, where you do a lot of um, posts up there. You have your page. I do. That's StacyCrewCoach.com. So, um, yeah, it's a little, little confusing there, but. Uh, and it seems like there are a few Stacy Crews have popped up, but if you search Stacy Crew Wellness or Stacy Crew Coach, you'll you'll definitely find me. All right, I, I remembered something that I want to jump back to, and sure. it was, I was sort of like thinking about what was that thing. Um, but so the mindfulness and um, what we're eating and all of this, I think a lot of us out in the world, because it's such a fast world, it's hard to be mindful, and it is a challenge. So when we're coming home from a long day of work, you know, in our in our world, we're kind of going right into the fastest thing that we can get, whether it's fast food and the fastest way of eating it, like watching TV, and we're not mindful of how much and monitoring all of that. And this goes back to your website too, because all the information, but what are some um, cost um, effective ways that we can eat healthy? Because sometimes it, it feels like it is harder because financially with money um, and this. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like it, it is more costly to eat healthy, which I disagree with. I think it's, um, I, I think that you can eat healthy on a budget. Um, I think a lot has to do with preparation. And it's like anything else, you know, if you want to improve your time management, you know, which factors into whether or not, you know, you're going to eat healthier because if you're looking at how your time uh, is used, you have to stop and you have to say, okay, I'm actually going to look at this. You know, I'm going to, for the next week, for example, I'm going to look at how, where my time is going, you know, how much time is going to work, how much time is going to um, television watching. You know, I know for a lot of people, coming home and flipping on the TV is just what they do, you know. Um, and I'm guilty to doing that sometimes, too. <laughs> or it's like a ritual. Yeah. So it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just whether or not that makes sense. You know, could you get more done if you were, um, you know, planning your meals for the week versus watching Jeopardy? I mean, <laughs> you know. Right. Is I, this good for you? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's, again, it's becoming aware of how you're u utilizing your time. 
Um, and same with, with eating. How are you, you know, what are you putting in your body? Like, and is there a better way that I can do this? So I'm big into meal prep. So, you know, um, spending time, you know, at the beginning of the week, wherever that is for somebody, for some people, you know, it's Sunday for other people, it might be Wednesday, who knows, but, but spending some time saying, okay, I'm going to chop vegetables and roast them, or I'm going to cook some quinoa, or I'm going to bake some chicken, you know, or do all of that, and then divide it up into containers, you know, that's, to me, one of the most effective ways, not only financially, but time-wise. Now, then you take individuals, and, and um, I had one client recently, you know, basically say that, you know, they don't want to chop vegetables, you know, chopping vegetables, you know, not going to happen. Okay. So, Was it just the time uh, of doing it? The time um, and the not wanting to do it, like the resistance to it. There's a physical component, yeah, yeah. to cooking. <laughs> yeah, like really not wanting to cook, like not wanting to. So in that way, it's it's like, okay, well, how can we make this better for you? You know, how can we make it so that you don't want to spend the money on pre-chopped vegetables, but if you're going to eat vegetables, which is going to lead to, you know, being healthier, how can we make that more interesting or enjoyable? You know, maybe it's more like, you know, you say, okay, 20 minutes, I can tolerate this for 20 minutes and I'm going to do it and just knock it out. Or, you know, maybe um, it's less vegetables and more meat or, you know, or maybe while I'm doing that preparation, I'm playing my favorite music or I'm listening to a podcast, something that's going to help sort of move through that process because that process is not only, you know, a process, but it's, it's a shift in a routine, a shift in a habit, you know, creating a new habit. And that, that right. that's uncomfortable. That's why I think mindfulness goes yeah. at the top of that list. Yeah. Because if you're sitting down chopping all the vegetables, you just have to think like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm chopping the vegetables, but with technology, and I love that. I just found out that you're all into technology. I love this, yeah. you know, being able to listen to a podcast, like you said, or music, um, it is something um, special in doing that. So it does make, you know, this mundane cooking experience something that doesn't have to be mundane. Yeah. Or invite a friend over, you know, yeah. a friend who likes to chop vegetables. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and you could do something else and maybe meal prep together. So, yeah. yeah, just looking at things a little differently. and But oftentimes we're so busy these days that there's not, there's not even... I shouldn't even say there's not enough time because it's more like people aren't making the time or scratch that. It's more like for anything in life that you want to change or improve, it's necessary to make the time to talk about it, to figure out how things are going to be done differently in order to incorporate that change that you want. And it's, in, it's really in anything that we want to do, you know, whether it's, you know, moving, you know, we want to move to, you know, we want to up level and buy a house or something, you know, there's a whole process involved in that. I mean, unless, you know, you, you're daddy Warbucks and you can just write a big check, you know, you can't necessarily go out and just say, you know, oh, I'm going to move there tomorrow, call the movers and it's done. That, yeah, that's not realistic. It's, you know, and it, it's that way with any area of our life that we want to 
to to change and improve yeah that is everything yeah <laughs> and like that time thing and time it's you know relative sometimes um like what we're doing how much time has gone by we can go deep into the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah. with with the time in that one um but kate counts um who's both of our teachers i think in a class uh she had said you know when has uh busy become like how we're feeling or what we're doing so it's like we often say in small talk oh how are you doing it's like oh i'm busy oh, i'm so busy or we usually say it like that right like, yeah. oh, i'm so busy but when has that um ever been a thing where before that like how we're actually feeling it right does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah and it's like this saying you're busy has almost become a badge of honor in a sense It'll, yeah, badger sticker on yeah. you. Oh, I'm busy. Like, this makes me important somehow. This this validates what I'm doing. And, yeah, there's a whole, um, I, I think, yeah, that's a big rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I do enjoy being busy sometimes. So it's a balance. Mm-hmm. I think moderation, what we talked about in the beginning, what it always it goes back to, moderation and balance. But yeah. I enjoy having goals and things to do that keep me um up leveling yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that do you think i have a question for you because i i think about the the busy thing and like i was busy on friday i had a busy day but what i discovered was it wasn't so much being busy as i was i was in a flow like i had a great client session on a coaching session on friday that was you know all I, I was so present in the moment mm. and I left there I was like oh I want to do that again like I want to do more of that today but I didn't have any other coaching sessions on the calendar for that day so I'm just wondering for you is like do you distinguish between like being busy or when you feel that feeling of um, is it more of a flow is that what you're you're referring to when you're talking about being busy yeah, that flow state, I think, yeah. feels so great. Yeah. Um, and I kind of learned about it when I read this um, book um, by Stephen, something last name, um, <laughs> but it's The War of the Art of War. Okay. It's the opposite of our the original classic book, War of Art, Art of War. And um, he talks about whether it's writing or um, blogging, podcasting, anything like that, you get into a state of, like, flow. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing that I experience that often on the yoga mat or vinyasa flow a category of yoga where you're in movement um, but yeah totally like I think it is that that flow state so when I'm I don't know if you want to call it busy right mm-hmm. quotation marks of where I'm getting stuff done yeah it is that but it's your body mind going into a state of uh, flowing and moving and getting stuff done and you're dating it and you're crossing off your checklist. Um, but ultimately, isn't it just being? Right? Or just being, whether it's meditating or yeah. cooking or anything like that. Yeah. I would love to be able to replace the, the term busy with flow. You know, like have more people when they're referring to being busy than more in the flow. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are busy, but they're busy doing things that don't make them feel flowy. 
You know what I mean? Like it's more like obligations and things like that. Yeah. Do you think busy has a negative connotation to it? I do. But we did say like it is like a badge that you're putting on yourself. But is it negative to be busy? That's, yeah, that's my interpretation. (laughs) Yeah. I, I always feel like saying I'm busy. I don't know. Maybe it depends on the day or who I'm talking to actually. Yeah. I've tried to not place a negative connotation on it, but. Right, your environment where you're saying it is important of it too. Mm-hmm. That it's truthful. All right, so semantics yeah. is important. Um, my word that I have with that is spiritual or spirituality. Mm-hmm. So do you know another word that can be that? Like instead of using that, mm. like you said with busy. Spirituality. Um, All right, do you agree or no? I, um, I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. So <laughs> so tough. So the word spirituality meaning that it could have another, an, an alternate word that has a similar meaning? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, spirituality is a funny word for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I like to practice spirituality. You know, I, um, I don't even know if that's, that's really accurate, I guess. Um, that you practice spiritual. I guess you do, I right? guess, yeah, you can. Okay. Um, I guess it was just that um, that word and maybe the way it sounds and the way that some people may think that it, what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very spiritual person. Uh, yeah. Are you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Oh, no, I didn't mean that to you, so. Oh, is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can answer that. I love that. Are you spiritual? I like to think of myself as spiritual, but I, to be honest with you, I feel like it's one of those things like, I don't like to say, well, I'm a spiritual person because I think there's some sort of, I don't know, something attached to that for me. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of the same as like, if I were religious, which I'm, I'm not, I, I think saying that I was religious, like I, I think there's so much attached to it that it, it's hard to use that one word right it's really heavy yeah there's a lot attached to it yeah yeah and I think there's something in that maybe there's a quote or somebody must have said this I'm a teacher as soon as you say you uh, are spiritual it kind of goes out the window I I think that's I've heard the same thing yeah the real thing is just like saying that you know nothing and that's (laughs) constantly what I think I I know nothing constantly learning um always learning each day and Having that um, ability and the time to sit down with so interesting, fascinating people like you to learn more about um, what you're doing in your work. Um, it's something cool to sit down with someone and do that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. This has been great. Yeah. I, um, I've been actually experimenting with having more conversations like this, you know, to really understand Instead of trying to be understood, it's more like just trying to understand people more and like kind of going back to what you're talking about with, um, you know, just how can I be a kinder person? You know, how can I demonstrate that and improve? It's more like, um, yeah, to slow down a little bit and really try and understand. So, yeah. And podcast uh, for listeners that haven't done podcast, um, knowing that you're being recorded and there's like a conversation, there's a flow state. So going back to that, there's like a very interesting way of going back and forth um, verbally with someone. Uh, I'd like to think hopefully I've gotten better um, at it. I think I have from like 
when I first started sitting down mm-hmm. and podcasting and doing it with people. Um, but it's it's a tool. It's like a muscle that you are using. Mm-hmm. But that's great, and I that you wanna um, that you are doing it more and and talking. Do you have your own podcast, or do you want to do it? I've started doing um, interviews, so like uh, recording them on Zoom, so you can actually see. But oh, there's awesome. a there's also um, the ability to download just the audio. So I'm, I'm experimenting because I, I think that podcasting is probably in my future. Um, I'd like to see that. Yeah. But like you, it's, it's you know, my head was sort of all, you know, it, it got a little heady for me to even think about it because, you know, you go through a period where you just have to start doing it. And then you say, okay, you look at it and whatever it is, whether it's a podcast or, you know, a new marketing piece or a you know new idea for you know uh, guiding people in their health and wellness journey you, know, you start doing something and usually the first iterations you know not the best you know and it's to be to criticize it from uh, you know an objective view or, or ask other people's opinions or put it out there just for people to listen to I mean that um, yeah. I think that's awesome and um, I feel like I'm closer to that because I've, I've already done it with a couple of interviews. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I applaud you, and I, I, I think I, I really, really enjoyed your interview with uh, Kate. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so just by nature of this, I think that uh, this will, will move me in, in that direction. Yeah. yeah. All up-leveling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what I like about you wanting to do this, because I think that's really exciting, is your knowledge and experience with nutrition, how like it's sort of journaling, maybe having something like, you know, personal to you. Um, because when I first met you, you you were out in a group, and I think that was interesting when you said you have um, anxiety in, <laughs> before that, before yoga, because I first met you in a, in a group setting where you were telling a about yourself you're talking personally and that is I think the hardest um, one of the hardest things to do is go out at a bunch of people and show your heart and talk personally mm-hmm. um, and you did a really great job at that Thank that's you. why I, um, I, I pr- love all of this so a podcast of like you journaling your food like what you are eating and you know your yoga practice and what everything was like for you that day or hmm. something Great idea. Yeah. Know. You're giving me some things to think yeah. about. Uh, like your yoga practice, is it like your um, your foods where you journal and write down about that? You know, I don't, but I should. I should really, um, I have this idea for a journal, actually, that I, and it's it's transformed because originally it, it, it was just one thing. And, and now, because of more food journaling and all of that, it may become a, a something else. So maybe I should do that. I should incorporate yeah. yoga as well. I feel like I could journal. There was a point where I was journaling, and not even journaling so much as recording, like so many things I was doing, like you know, my morning meditation, my exercise, my nutrition. You know? <laughs> How were you recording like that? I was writing it down right. in, a, in a day planner that I had that had space for it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... Um, it, I decided how to use the space. It was actually for a different use, but I changed the use. Um, and that's where the idea of a journal came about that, oh, I really need like 
to customize a journal that would have all my stuff in it. So Because there's so many different types of formats and journals and stuff too when you it's go amazing. into... It is amazing um, what we have available to us in like a fi- clip, of, clip of a finger. Um, <laughs> but I like that you, you're customizing too because... Uh, I think that as well. Like I like, you know, maybe something that works for me is not going to work for you or vice versa. Like we're all so very different. So it's finding what's going to work the best um, for your journaling process. Yeah. And I often tell people to just start, don't look for the perfect journal. It's kind of like looking for the perfect, I don't know, the perfect car or the perfect, you know, anything. Just, you know, make a choice, make a decision. And with journaling, just grab a notebook. And just start, you know, writing things down. And then, great suggestion on the yoga, actually. Which now, looking back, and I'm like, oh. Or, or any exercising, too, if you're running or if you're going to mm-hmm. um, a class or doing, like, how, did, how was that class? How did you feel or how did that make you feel after? There's probably an app for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I did it for a while, um, mm-hmm. just on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I, when I am taking yoga classes, sometimes I'm just going to write down notes or um just how i felt yeah so i'm gonna start doing that with um my food now and focusing more on nutrition nice so thanks for your uh, your help you're welcome yeah last couple of things i just want to ask um was a book so mm-hmm. maybe maybe it is a, a nutrition book that um you could recommend um but i also want to know something maybe non health and fitness related that um, you would recommend so one nutrition maybe one relative and one um mm. it can be anything else so all books yeah um do you have any favorites yeah i do i um let's see well one of my all-time favorite books that was a life change. well there are two okay um so there's the four agreements which um, is by, um, I think I'm going to get his name wrong, Don Miguel. Um, it's out there. It's, it's a short book. I love short books. And I had, this, um, I had this coach many years ago who she always said, if, you know, it's the short books that have like the, the nuggets of wisdom that you really need. You know? And I, I don't know, somehow that stuck in the back of my mind. And when I came across the four agreements, and please don't ask me exactly what they are, <laughs> but... Um, well, we'll it, check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. It's such a wise book, and it's one of those books that I keep like in my bedside table, and if I'm just looking for some inspiration, I take it out and open it up. But one of the agreements is, you know, always keep your word, and um, I'm big on that, so that resonated with me. Um, the other book that was a huge life changer for me is Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui, and it's by Karen Kingston. Again, another short book. Um, that... I mean, I gosh, I, I can't say enough about that book. It just hit me at the right time because I had been in this mode of accumulation and, you know, accumulating stuff, and I felt very overwhelmed by it all. And I read that book, and I literally started decluttering, and, like, it's been a progression of just decluttering and... Um, oh, sure. It's like those heavy words that we talked about, the attachments. Yeah. Yeah, like some of our um, stuff or material is very heavy, you know, kind of holds us down. It can feel like a lot. Yeah. So that's a, that, that's a huge rabbit hole that, that um, and, I, what I, and I love to talk about that, about decluttering and, 
just how eliminating, um, whether it's physical clutter or emotional clutter, um, it, it's just unbelievable how much um, clutter can affect us. Yeah. Yeah. And food clutter, too. I mean, I could probably talk about that as well. But, <laughs> yeah, so um, The Four Agreements, Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. Um, the other book that's coming to mind that's been kind of, that was kind of a life changer for me, um, I'm a Marianne Williamson fan, um, The Gift of Change. The Gift of Change. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is that a story or fiction? Um, yeah, it's, or nonfiction. Nonfiction, right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those books that I just, you know, again, it hit me at the right time. Um, I earmarked and underlined, and, you know, it's a well-loved book for me that, again, I pull out. You know, just when I'm looking for some inspiration. Yeah. Well, I love hearing about people's yeah. books, and so I always uh, like asking. Yeah. But on this um, field and subject, um, there's a lot of good documentaries now that are available um, on nutrition. It definitely has gotten popular relatively um, recently uh, as documentaries have gotten more popular, and we've been making documentaries as humans. Mm -hmm. um, so is there any favorites for you? I've got a few of them listed on my website in the resources section. I watched one, I think it's called What the Health yep. over the summer. Um, yeah, I, um, there are a lot of really good documentaries out there. I think, um, you know, as documentaries tend to do, they sort of, you know, pull the curtain back on, you know, stuff that's, that's happening, you know, in the world that you know, it's not mainstream knowledge. So I find them interesting from that perspective. Um, yeah, there's, uh, let's say it's called Food Revolution. Um, there's a great one by um, a guy named Joe, Joe the Juicer. I think he's Joe the Juicer on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's an Australian. I, I guess I have a little bit of a thing for the Australians. And because um, the Earth Diet lady too, she's, she's from Australia. But That's right, yeah. But um, yeah, Joe the Juicer, he did two documentaries. And I really love those because it, it he, he just, so he went, he was terribly overweight. He was in his 40s, I think. He was on a ton of medication. And he was, I think it's called Fat Sick and Tired, or that might be another documentary. I might be confusing the two. But anyway, Joe the Juicer went on this juice cleanse within a relatively short period of time, not only did he shed a lot of weight, but he got off all the medication he was on as well. And so that to me was, was incredibly inspiring. I uh, remember when that came out, and I would guess it was a little bit more than 10 years ago, maybe around that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, uh, it was huge, and I remember a lot of people were recommending it and had been talking about it. Um, so that's a big one. And yeah, you're right. He um, is around Australia. I think that's where it started. I think he came to the U.S., um, mm -hmm. but he followed a lot of people that were sick and um, different diseases and inflammation. So these di certain diets, the, the juice cleanse rather, mm -hmm. um, he was doing <laughs> were having remarkable effects. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to get, um, not a big juicer, but... Um, I think having at least one a day is really mm. beneficial because you're not having to digest all the fiber and everything. Um, you just get that, you know, all those nutrients directly to your 
your system and it's just a great way to boost your immune system and yeah do you think it's also like setting that goal right something that's realistic so is it better to say you know you're gonna have one you start with that rather than saying I'm gonna go right on a juice cleanse exactly yeah, yeah. I mean for some people if they're ready to do that but it, it right. it's um, I mean there's there's definitely factors there that you need to consider yeah, yeah. So this is all like really really great advice um, for everything just for lifestyle right having all of this so if you had um, if you had maybe there's last words or I want to say like a billboard or something <laughs> a billboard on the side of the road to kind of inspire someone um, to where to start, what would you say or what would you want to have on that billboard mm -hmm. for everybody to read? Oh, wow. That's a great question, and I, I and this is <laughs> something for me to really think about because, um, yeah, it's nice to have that little snippet that you could say. The first thing that's really coming to mind is just, uh, you know, eat more, eat more vegetables, <laughs> you know, eat less sugar. Um, it would probably be, you know, eat more foods without labels. Um, just keep it, eat more uh, vegetables, eat less sugar. I like that, yeah. period. Yeah, there you go. Maybe a comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, well, one last question. So, like, eat less sugar. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say less. Would you say eat no sugar or eat less sugar? Well, sugar's a tricky thing. I mean... Because some of our vet fruits and stuff, we all have natural sugar. Yeah, yeah, which can be problematic for people, you know, it, depending upon, you know, what's happening in their body. So, you know, I, I always sort of kind of stray away from saying, you know, eat a lot of fruit because for some people it can be problematic. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't think it's realistic. I, I shouldn't say that because there are a lot of people who do not eat sugar. Um, in Where we live, it, I think it's a little more challenging. You know, if you live in like New York City, you have access to, you know, all sorts of, you know, juice presses on, you know, various corners and just different options. I think we're, we're improving in Charleston, there are definitely more options, um, but just given the busyness, you know, it, it's tough to say don't eat any sugar at all. Um, I don't think it's impossible, right? Um, but I, I also believe that it's small steps to get the big results. So to go cold turkey on anything, you know, unless it's uh, <laughs> crack, you know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think that you know, it's, it's. You're going to have the bigger results when you make the small changes. Right. And you get used to that when you make another change. And what's interesting is it's kind of like with the list. You, you start making lists, and all of a sudden you're checking things off. So you build some sort of momentum. Something happens there when you start making those small steps. All of a sudden you've done way more than you even expected because you start to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it is eating less less sugar yeah eat more greens people yeah. yeah the town where i'm from um yonkers new york is the um headquarter if you look on the uh the sugar packet uh how do you pronounce this is domino not domino's oh, it's pizza yeah um i know what you're talking i can see the branding it's, but i can't i think it's domino's sugar is it domino's yeah they're in yonkers yeah. new okay. york so that's where i grew up uh-huh right where the sugar factory was <laughs> 
Uh, I just remember seeing that beginning of uh, one of the documentaries where they talked about sugar. Yeah, and probably the traffic and the, the there's a whole, yeah, I, th- I remember seeing that as well. And so the sugar that you're eating is probably a little polluted and just by the nature of where and it, how it's processed. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I really enjoy sugar and moderations <laughs> in fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, rarely for coffee or anything like that. Uh, I don't add in any sugar. So with your coffee drinks, do you add any extra stuff as well? I add a little sugar, yeah. But I use um, raw sugar. You know, I try try and use the the healthiest form of sugar that goes into the coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I really stay away. I think if you stay away from the white stuff, like you stay away from, and, and that includes salt as well. Like sea salt is much healthier than you know the iodized salts, and um, you want to get the purest that you can. Itself. And sea salt, I mean, it is delicious. It is. Yeah. It's a nice taste. It's another thing we didn't really talk about or mention, but a lot of these um, healthier foods, they are, they are delicious, yeah. um, a lot of them. Um, what do you think it is? I, I know I'm, we're always leading on to other things, but what do you yeah. think it is that makes us go um, sideways to some of the other things? Well, and that's a great point, a great question, because um, our taste buds have become so used to processed foods. Right that when we eat something fresh, you know, we're like, oh, that just doesn't taste very good. It, it's because we're not used to it. So there is a process there, and that three-day jump start that I talked about that's on my site, that helps. There's a process of, like, detoxing your taste buds and then, you know, beginning to recognize what real food tastes like. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to recommend to everybody... To please check out Stacy's site and try the three-day um, jumpstart challenge. Great. I know I will. Thank, Thank you, you. Stacy. You're welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Talking Yoga with Joe, episode 11 with Stacy Crew. I do hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can connect on Facebook, Instagram. Everything is Yoga with Joe, and look forward to connecting with you guys there. Please comment rate, review, all that stuff helps so much. Namaste.